0: This team's gonna be built on, uh, we're gonna kick you in the teeth, all right? And and when you punch us back, we're gonna smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're gonna get up. And on the way up, we're gonna bite a kneecap off, all right, and we're gonna stand up. And then it's gonna take two more shots to knock us down, all right, and on the way up, we're gonna take your other kneecap, and we're gonna get up, and then it's gonna take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're gonna take another hunk out of you. Before, Before long, we're gonna be the last one standing, all right? That's gonna be the mentality. This is BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook with the Joes. Joe Ostrowski and Joe Gillio from BetQL.
1: That's our guy right there, Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions. He's biting kneecaps. He's drinking 80 ounces of coffee. He is crazy. This is BetQL Daily. Joe Gilio, Cody Decker right here on the BetQL Network presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Coming up, we'll dive into the NFL Coaching Awards. First coach fired who could be the coach of the year our updated thoughts after week 1 of the preseason and uh next hour we have to get into Cody Decker's baseball movie reviews i mean yesterday we found out that Cody i mean as a baseball guy just blasphemously hates Field of Dreams so we're going to find what? out today i mean it's, it's it's sad i mean for a guy that is a ba- you're a baseball guy to not love Field of Dreams it's it's i, I find it sad but we're going to find out today what other baseball movies you have no respect for or you actually like so i'm excited for this to find out Uh, Cody Decker's tasted baseball movies. That's coming up next hour. And we'll talk to Seth Galina, pro football focus, senior college football analyst, top 25 revealed yesterday. He'll give us the midsize, how to bet college football, which really starts in just a couple weeks. But Cody, the the voice there of Dan Campbell of the lions, it's, it's funny when new coaches are hired, you try to get a sense of what they're going to be. And I think the only sense of what Dan Campbell is going to be is entertaining every, I can't wait for his press conference after every game. I have no idea if he could coach. I know there's a lot of feeling out there right now, like it's going to be a disaster. It, it might not be like, look, Mike Vrabel kind of came across as like tough guy, Mr. Tough Guy X player. He's done a good job as a head coach. Like, and there's a reason Like, Dan Campbell was hired by Bill Parcells. He was hired by Sean Payton. He got a head coaching job. There is a chance that he's a better coach than this, like WWE persona lets us believe right now. I, I'm going to give it a, we'll see. I'm not ready to say he's a disaster yet.
2: But let's remind ourselves: What city is he in? He's in Detroit. So, do we expect this to truly, like, just based on the track record of Detroit? Say it just like the last forty years. Do we expect this to actually be successful?
1: No. I mean, if we're basing on the Lions' history, then like, and also, what is success for the Lions? Like this year, one of the lowest win totals, right? If they win seven games this year, I'd say Dan Dan Campbell probably did a good job. But overall. Is Dan Campbell going to win a Super Bowl with the Lions? No, no one wins a Super Bowl with the Lions.
2: No, in fact, the Lions are one of the few teams that have ever even been to the Super Bowl, and that is a very, very short list. Uh, it's listen, it's at what point does this ridiculousness become a tired act? Is my point? Like you're you're talking, he's sitting here talking about, yeah, we're going to take your kneecaps, we're going to take three as you're killing us, we're going to take another chunk out of you, and when we're dead, we're going to take that last, and you're going to know you were in a fight. This fires up twelve year olds, is the thing. I, I these are grown men, professional athletes. I don't know what you think you're firing up, but at the end of the day, if you have you know 12 losses in your loss column, this just becomes tired and boring. And be like, dude, this is just a clown show. Stop it. You need to. You better prove something to me, something to me, because right now you got a Detroit Lions uh, logo on your hat. So until something changes, quite frankly, shut up.
1: Yeah, so let me let me throw this at you because it's interesting what you said there about you gotta it can't just be about motivation, it's gotta be about you gotta show you can actually coach. I know the sports are different, Cody. Football is more of a like a you gotta have that kind of rigor and energy behind you and you kind of motivated that way. Did you ever have a coach like that throughout your years in baseball that was like kind of off the walls? Like, but baseball is different. Baseball is more of a mm-hmm. you should you actually wanna be more calm than over the top, especially as a hitter, right? And, and as
2: a pitcher. But did you ever have a coach like that? Absolutely. I had a bunch of coaches that were constantly like they were hopped up on cocaine, just absolutely high energy, ridiculous things being said left, left and right. I had one coach that I I don't know for certain, but I had a feeling that he was constantly having acid flashbacks because he would just sit there during batting practice and stare off into space and just start saying random things. He'd be like a ball would be hit in BP and he would look at the ball as it's going over the wall and go, get small ball, small, getting smaller is gone. That ball got small. And I remember sitting there going like this man isn't okay. Yeah, that's not right. No, and that but that's the thing. I've had coaches that were both. Raw, rah I've had coaches that were very much subdued. Uh, in baseball, yes, some of me, maybe the better coach managers i ever had were a little more subdued. But honestly, the one manager that I played for who I often describe as one of the best managers I ever played for was a guy named Patrick Murphy. Pat Murphy is the bench coach for, the uh, right now, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. He was my manager in AAA for three years. He was my manager in San Diego. Um, Pat Murphy was also the head coach at Arizona State for a, lot of, a long time. In fact, when I was at UCLA, he was at Arizona State. And I hated Pat Murphy with everything in my heart. I wanted him I wanted him dead that's how much I hated the guy when I played against him back then and then when I got to play for him like I love this guy now I get it this guy's fantastic and he was very 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 raw raw and his whole thing was about making people the best versions of themselves and I will tell you that where the 60% of the guys were heavily motivated by his speeches and his and his demeanor 40% 40% were the exact opposite, turned completely on it and tried their very best to get the rest of the team to turn against him. That is a very common thing. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that is what you get in a room filled with a bunch of alpha male athletes that quite frankly, and I mean this in baseball and every sport, we can't sit here and pretend that all of athletes are scholars.
1: They're not. No, they're not. Obviously not, right? And and I want to touch on here is' it's an interesting discussion on coaches and, and how much they influence how much we we bet or fade on teams, and I I mean I do this. There are certain coaches I just I just say like I, I believe in that guy. Like Mike Zimmer in the NFL, he always is good against the spread. Obviously, there's the Belichick's and all that. But let me let me throw this at you, Cody, because I there's all sorts of different coaches, right? There's rah rah guys. There's guys that are quieter. The one thing that I've always heard from players and I, I want your perspective on it like consistency seems to matter like it doesn't really matter what kind of personality you have you just got to kind of be the same guy like don't change who you are I remember when Gabe Kapler got to Philadelphia and locally here there was a lot of question on his personality right how it would mesh with players and I was like I asked I asked I, mean, I had Reese Hoskins on my show once and I said like what do you think about Gabe and he's like he's great he's the, he's the same guy every day and like that that seemed the players like that like he was upbeat he was he was positive, but like it wasn't a show for the cameras. That see, that seems like who Gabe Kapler is. Obviously, he's having not a lot of success in San Francisco now. Like, is the consistency the most part? Does it matter if it what kind of personality? like it seems like just be the same guy every day. That's what players want.
2: You know, I think the best managers are the ones that are just honest more or less. They're the guys that will one be honest with the players, be honest with who they are themselves and you know, the guy the, the best managers are the ones not necessarily that have been there but understand what that player is going through. The games for the most part, you know, we talk about baseball coaches, we talk about uh, NFL coaches. For the most part, everyone has a pretty good idea how to run a game. There's a reason they're in that job. Every manager in the big leagues knows how to manage a game. Knows how to manage a bullpen. And so what you really need to focus on is how you're managing players. And if you're able to manage your players, their egos, their 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 all their their highs and lows. And trust me, there is more lows than there are highs in pro sports for those athletes. You need to understand that player. That manager just needs to understand the player themselves. It's the bad managers that try to make everybody fit into one box. The good ones Open it up for everybody.
1: For sure. Let's talk to Mike Valenti. 97 won the ticket out in Detroit. Speaking of coaches, Dan Campbell, he's one we can't stop talking about on this show. Mike, welcome to the show. Early impressions of Dan Campbell as you cover him first year Detroit Lions head coach.
0: Oh, boy. Um, well, first of all, good morning. Um, second of all, look, it's it's two different things. The public persona stuff, it's cute. It gives us, I'm in the interesting business, just like you guys are be interesting. Give me, give me stuff for radio. That's all well and good, but it's going to wear real thin real quick when they start losing. So part of my deal has been, Hey, be you, be you behind closed doors. You guys are having a great conversation about managers, ego management, and, you know, handling the room and different than the public persona, but like this guy's out here putting space helmets on and talking about having pet lions and stuff. All right. That's cute now. But when this team goes out and goes four and 13, that ain't going to be cute no more. So, look, I want to give him a fair shot. I don't have any issue with it. The higher is the higher. I actually like what they did this offseason. I like Brad Holmes. I like the trade of Stafford. But, yeah, I mean, guys, it's a hard divide here. Some people are like, this is great. He's the anti-Patricia. And then the other side, there's people like me going, "Why? name one coach in the league who acts this way and succeeds. And then I go down the roll call of guys with Lombardi trophies and none of them act like this. The closest thing you would have would be Pete Carroll, who might jump around and chew gum a little too aggressively. So for me, he better tone it down because this this is going to wear out fast when you don't win games.
2: You know, I just asked this question over to Joe, and I'm going to ask it to you because you're up there in Detroit. You're around that fan base. Yeah. You know that fan base has got to be endlessly frustrated. Do you think because of the antics, they're going to, the you know, the love story between him and the fan base is going to end quicker just because of the years and years of frustration from that fan base in
0: Detroit? Yeah, no, you're spot on. You know, you you have to recognize, you got to know the room, right? You got to read the room, know your audience. Dude, they've won one playoff game since 1957. So all the hee hees and ha-ha's when you start losing, yeah, people here will turn. And sometimes they turn too quick, but who can blame them? I think the biggest thing for him is going to be, no matter what he does at the podium, no matter what he does in the media, does he run the game right? You guys are just talking about it. Most managers, they know how to run a game. Very few guys are managing on feel anymore, right? You have the analytics, you use the math, or you don't have a job, right? If you don't know the term high leverage situation, you don't have a gig, if he does like this weekend, there was a little bit of a gaff with the clock. I didn't even bother with it on the show. It's preseason, I don't care. If he goes in and and pulls a Caldwell, as we call it, which is clock mismanagement, bad challenges, hoarding timeouts, I'm gonna tell you, yeah, people will turn super quick. Most people understand this team sucks. This roster is horrifying. So with that in mind, they're going to give them a little more grace. But if you come to this town and you show you can't run a game, which we've fallen victim to with previous coaches, including the clipboard and Caldwell and Schwartz, all people will flip out, namely me. I have no patience at all. Just run the game right. Like It's what you guys were talking about. It's a great conversation about managers. If your team sucks and they don't come through, if you have a guy who analytically is supposed to do A, B, and C, and he does D, E, and F, I'm not mad at you. You did what you were supposed to do. But when you as the coach put the team in a horrible spot, or you you just you do anything other than put your players in the best position to succeed, I have no patience for it. That's your entire job. So yeah. Oh, people here a flip if this dude comes out and it looks like little league football. Oh, people are gonna melt down.
1: <laughs> Mike, how do we bet the Lions this year? Are they over-under? A you family? don't. <laughs> The over under is five right now. Five wins. Would you recommend the under? Is it going to be that bad?
0: See, okay. Oh, boy. All right. I am, let me, let me say this for the people in the back. I am not advocating the over, but I think, and you guys know this, Vegas is so tight with these numbers. It's not at five on accident here. I think a flat five is the most likely outcome. I can't swing one way or the other. Now, look. When you talk about the extra game, fellas, if this was a 16 game season, and you told me the over under was five, I, I, I'm I'm still in that mindset of it's a five and eleven football team. If you want to, if you're only going to win two, three, four football games, the level of suckitude, it has to reach proportions of you're almost trying to lose, almost, or you got 19 guys on IR. So I, I this is one of those numbers I can't get involved with because you're talking about a team look i don't know if the vikings are going to be that good especially after mike zimmer came out and called his three best players morons you know the bears might be starting a <laughs> rookie, and the packers are always one game one injury from a rogers away from being dead and having jordan love who was so bad at practice veterans almost revolted last year it's tough you could see this division be bad And then you're what? You're stuck hoping the Lions are just that much worse? That's a tough bet for me. It really is.
2: Yeah, looking throughout that division and using your own, quote, level of suckitude, is there a possibility that the level of suckitude of the Vikings could match the level of suckitude of the Detroit Lions?
0: I have a hard time with that, but I think it could be within a game or two. Look, they were bad last year. And Dalvin Cook, for as great as he is, he's going to get hurt. I don't know that he's played a season with more than 13 games. Kirk Cousins is absolutely going to throw a pick six into a loss. And then you have <laughs> the factor again. I would encourage people, go look at what Mike Zimmer said, right? You guys talk about ego management. You talk about what the job is. He went out, and, and we know who he was talking about. Not only Kirk Cousins, who wants to put himself in a plexiglass coffin, But Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, these are the guys we know are out there at practice in a mask. And he called them morons and conspiracy theorists and insane people. That's not a great way to start your season. So, oh, by the way, first-round draft pick, Christian Derisaw, already hurt. Like, the old line is a consistent problem. I think the defense is a little long in the tooth. I think the pass rush, we all think the Vikings have a great one. Guess what? Daniil Hunter, without a partner on the other side, not special. So, i think they could come close like if it w- what's the current total on the Vikes? give me the number
1: i think eight and a half i
0: right, go under
1: yeah I'm, i would too mike we appreciate Thanks. hopping on mike valenti 97 one the ticket out in Detroit's a perspective on dan campbell the, the lions and the wacky nfc north underneath the packers could mike zero be the first coach fired joe has been all over that we'll dive into that market again after the first week of the preseason Joe Giglio, Cody Decker, Beck UL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook on the Beck UL Network.